Yes, sir, we promised you a great man. Andre, the Ladies and gentlemen, after a two-week hiatus, welcome to the number one sports and recreation podcast on planet Earth that we begin tonight with a heavy heart. It is Cheap Heat, and tonight's episode of Cheap Heat, of course, created, uh, of course, dedicated to one of the greatest to ever do it in the squared circle, um, a man who held the WWE Championship twice for over a total of 4,000 days, a man who took us from the nature boy Buddy Rogers, you know, up to a, a, a feud with Macho Man Randy Savage in the mid-80s, a 2013 WWE Hall of Fame inductee, a guy who uh, a lot of people our age may leave off of our Mount Rushmore, but whose importance we just cannot overstate. At 82 years old today, we lose the late, great Bruno San Martino. And welcome to the show, and good evening, Stack Guy Greg. Um, good evening, Peter. And uh, very well said, too, about um, Bruno San Martino. Uh, it's especially true when you say that he he is a guy that a lot of us leave off of our Mount Rushmore and leave out of the conversation of all-time greats, but I, I can say he was easily and definitely my dad's favorite wrestler. Like, growing, my dad, you know, immigrated here um, in New York City and has stories of going to the Garden many times to go see Bruno um, defend his WWF title at the time. And um, interesting stat on Bruno, too. You ran down his accolades, the the WWE title turns 55 next week, I believe. Okay. And Bruno Sammartino held the title for um, around 11 years total. So 20% of the time that that championship has existed, Bruno has been champion. He, um, he is someone that, you know, if you have parents or grandparents from the Northeast – He's just the guy you always heard about. Um, he's a guy who was referenced in hip hop for a lot of the older generation of hip hop heads. They would reference him. Um, for me, I, you know, my, I just know my grandfather would watch him. Um, and as I talked about on Twitter, you know, for a lot of us who have immigrant parents and grandparents, you come to this country, you don't necessarily understand the arts in a foreign language, but wrestling was something you could understand. And, um, that's one of the reasons it made such an impact in those days with a lot of people. And Bruno is just such a great example. And also it's important, Greg, you know, the way we talk about the black power rankings and, you know, the way that on this show, we sort of spend some time talking about, um, wrestlers of different ethnic backgrounds. It's important to note how big he was. As an Italian hero yeah, in huge. New York. Yeah, it's huge. just a huge part of it. I mean, that's, you know, Italians are a big part of the culture in New York. And that name, Bruno San Martino, he was there for a reason. Um, that <laughs> Italian fan base was a big part of that. And uh, he was a hero. Yeah, and I, I want to add to that, too. Um, 
every year New York does the Feast of San Gennaro in September for I think like 10 days. And um, it's in the Lily, and you can walk up and down the streets and go to eat different different shops. And they have, you know, all the Italian food. It's like a, a very big um, festival and very Italian. <laughs> Last year, I saw Tony Danza out there slinging meatballs. But um, every year that I go, um, there's a window display, and it has a, a picture of Bruno San Martino that's framed, and it has um, a championship belt. Now, I don't know if it's his or if it's, the, if it's the original, but um, like they have it on display. Like you can walk by and take picture with it during this big Italian festival to show you that you know that community. Um, he's always been loved, and they they, they certainly haven't forgotten him. Yeah, um, he, totally iconic. Um, all time, absolutely top ten. Um, whether you whether we, whether you put him in yours or not, you know, not not you, Greg, the proverbial you, you know, obviously that's impacted by when you grew up. But if you're just being realistic, a guy who's held the title in this territory in in the Northeast to be a, the guy for that long, um, to be that over, to have had feuds with that many icons, um, to be so solid in ring. You know, to be believable coming from um, being a weightlifter and being, you know, it's interesting too because Vincent, um, Vince McMahon's dad, Vincent J. McMahon, um, he fell in love with Bruno San Martino for the same reason that, you know, Vince, Vince K. McMahon fell in love with Mark Henry, you know, this legitimate strongman, um, which which really sort of sets the tone for so much of the way the WWE is and Vince McMahon's general obsession not only with the big guy cuz sometimes sometimes we make it all about Vince upset Vince's obsession with the big guy um not Ryback what you have to understand <laughs> it's not simply big it's Vince strong. McMahon Vince McMahon is obsessed with strong with legitimately strong, with, you know, bodybuilding and weightlifting and legitimate strength. And I, I think you can see a direct line between that and his father through sort of the positioning of Bruno San Martino. So he's an absolute all-time icon. This weekend, I was just thinking about him. And I was talking to a friend of mine from WWE who was, you know, at, at Hall of Fame, someone from Talent Relations, you will, each, uh, so you will get assigned, uh, someone in TR will get assigned one of the Hall of Fame talents to sort of manage. And my buddy Ben was assigned Bruno. And so he was just telling me great Bruno San Martino stories. In fact, I'm going to jump out on a limb and volunteer story that I may not be allowed to, but I think it's great because it's the rare time I can tell a story. The perfect time that I can actually tell a story about the president without it really having any political connotation at all. He was saying that, um, 2013 was Bruno San Martino and was Donald Trump. Mm hmm. That's Hall of Fame. New York City. And he said he didn't, uh, my buddy didn't interact much with Donald Trump. 
but he only interacted with him in that Trump kept kept bringing over important people to meet Bruno San Martino. He kept he kept bringing over people and being like um these people are here to support me but they don't care about me. They just want to meet you, the legend Bruno San Martino. And he's just like <laughs> you know and and it's not surprising to hear that. You know someone Trump's age. Think about it. I mean uh, yeah, no, it's pres- true. Trump is in he's his right 70s. In that age group. Yeah, so I'm sure he absolutely grew up on Bruno San Martino and I'm sure he was legitimately on some level marking out, you know, to be around him at the Hall of Fame. So, you know, right when I heard that story the other day, I was just like, man, I'm so glad Bruno's still around. I'm glad he made peace with the WWE. You know, shout out to Triple H, who I think was really the guy to broker that relationship and really put in the effort. Because for a long time, Bruno was not on good terms with the WWE. He didn't have faith in how things were were going. He did not like the Attitude Era. He did not like the raciness of the business. So Triple H is the person who mended that, I believe, and really brought him together so he could be in the Hall of Fame, as he rightfully should be. It's going to be very interesting. Very interesting, uh, Greg, to see how big they go tribute-wise on Monday, isn't it? Yeah, that I I really am waiting to see because um like you said, man, like there's a lot of greats in professional wrestling, but like there there are icons and Bruno goes up into that upper echelon when you start talking icon talk of like great WWE wrestlers. So I I, I too am interested to see just how how much they get me with that video package on on Monday. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not a tragedy. He was 82 years old. Um, I, st- I still think there's a chance though. You think there's a, I, there's a chance they still go 10 bell salute, wouldn't you think? They did a 10 bell salute tonight. Um, at their Where? show, South Africa. Oh, they did. So they, yeah, they put his picture up on the big screen and they did the 10 bell salute. So like the tributes are rolling out already. So, you know. Monday with with the whole world watching though I'm sure that we're going to get a tearjerker of a package. Yeah, I'm I I you're absolutely right. Um and I wish we could um I wish I could get someone on the phone. I wonder who I could get on the phone last minute like right now, right after hanging up with you. Maybe I could call and try to grab someone else real quick to to give us a story or two about Bruno. Um, but it's interesting, of course, because he wasn't around. You know, like if you were to find someone, like if I was, I was thinking about Bruce Pritchard. But you know, Bruce shows up in the late '80s, right after he's gone. Well, I think when Bruce got there, he was already done even doing commentary. And then, and then he when was Bruce on, is gone, that's when he comes back, right? <laughs> right, and then he was on bad terms all the way up to 2013, or you know. So you got to find someone who was around mid 80s or or someone who's now seen him around over the last five years the only person that i could think of that may be in your rolodex to date myself not to date myself um brawler maybe but other than that i don't know I don't even know if sean mooney was around when bruno was around yeah no i don't think he was i mean I, i bet mark henry 
I bet Mark's gotten to have a relationship with him over the last few years, I would assume, a little bit because, the again, the, the strongman stuff. But anyways, we'll figure that out, and we will do more on Bruno as time goes on. But there's so much to get to, guys. And yes. we have not talked since WrestleMania, since the Superstar no. shakeup. There's so much to do, and that was before Bruno passed away. And on top of that... We always, I know, I know that me having a busy schedule for our listeners is old news, but this is the craziest it's ever been for me because of uh, open late. Yeah, um, well, and- congratulations on your new show too. We didn't really get a chance to to do that here um, since it debuted. And by the way, I, I really hope all of our Packer heads who even have a remote interest in hip hop um, or just really want to support will go to YouTube.com/slash/complex. Um, and when you're hearing this on Thursday, check out what will be tonight's episode. Um, my guest, uh, my, my, my interview guest is Terry Crews. Um, gonna have a great conversation with Terry Crews, my musical guest, Smoke Dizza and Bodega Bams. Oh, um, Dizza. Okay. Ha- Harlem and wrestling. Ha- Harlem. So, um, it's gonna be a really great show and I, I'd love the support. Give me those views. Um, we were up from last year's WrestleMania show. I saw the numbers. Last year's WrestleMania, GP did thirty five thousand listeners, um, and this year's this year's WrestleMania, GP was over fifty thousand. Um, it's and a we spectacular. The show and, and, shows, and we don't have fraudulent numbers. These aren't a lot the numbers that a lot of people use for their podcasts. Um, these are actual real hard numbers. So shout out to everyone who, uh, who enjoyed the WrestleMania spectacular. It's funny though, cause I barely got to hear from anyone about it because, you know, um, I haven't really checked my Rose, my Rosenberg beats at Gmail in the last week. I'm going to catch all up with that this weekend. Um, but reach out, um, just Mania weekend was so busy. I didn't get to talk, but I loved our spectacular. So there's a ton of stuff to get to and we're going to do the best we can. To cover as much as we can within an hour. Shout out to everyone who came out to walk-ons. Had a great time meeting people at WrestleMania weekend. Yes, that um, was very dope. Had a great time in general at WrestleMania weekend. Um, you know, shout out to the uh, JWO Wolfpack. Um, <laughs> yep. You know, which Skyler includes Aston, Shoemaker. Skyler Aston, Dave Schilling. Um, no, don't, Shoemaker's still in the black and the white. Is is he? I thought he was Hollywood though. He went over there. I mean, that's a good point. We got to find out. We got to find out where his allegiance lies. Because yeah, whether or not he's black and the white or he's the Wolfpack. Yeah. But we had a great time. We had a great time with everyone. I had a great time on the kickoff show. It was crazy being out there in that sea of people. Um, so SGG. Uh, first things first. Match of the weekend. Oh man! So the match I have two, and um. The match that I had the most fun with, and I know people are going to beat me up about this, but the Braun Strowman, Nicholas, the bar shenanigans was very fun uh, for me. I don't know why I enjoyed it so much, but I did. Um, that was incredible to me. Just the the fact that he went out and, and snatched up this kid to help him win the tag team titles. And um, I know people were down on it because they felt like he should have had a real partner. But for me... I feel like if he's the monster among men, he doesn't need a partner. And um, if he picks a little kid to be his partner, then it means that he just has to be that much more 
um, powerful because like he really has to pick up the slack. It becomes a handicap match at that point. So I was fine with it. But um, the real match of the weekend, that North American title ladder match at NXT was something else. Uh, that was where I assumed – that's where I assumed you would go. Um, I'm going to give it to – I'm going to give it to the Rousey match. Um, and then and – here's why. The the North American title ladder match was unbelievable. Um, Ricochet is insane. Adam Cole, insane. Um, Velveteen – incredible match um i loved it absolutely loved it but the reason i'm going to give it to ronda rousey is because of how unexpected it was yeah i don't know the last time i don't know the last time i've been that surprised by a performance i really don't i had no expectation at that at this point i thought they would really try to protect her and make it so she could do as little as possible and of course, which is why you love wrestling, we were basically getting worked. I mean, the work was really happening. She was really getting good and she was incredible. I, I she won the crowd over. There was a crowd Myself included. A, myself included. Oh yeah, and Dipperstein was telling I mean Dipperstein isn't into sports. He didn't care about Ronda Rousey at all. And it just utterly won everyone over. I saw her afterwards in the hallway. And you know, I only met her that really that one time. Um, I actually was, I actually was ended up in her dressing room and get awkwardly. She like walked. I wasn't in her dressing room. I was in her <laughs> guest dressing room because it was very early in the day and they had couches and we didn't have couches in our locker room. So next door there was a <laughs> locker room that said there was a locker room next door that said Ronda Rousey guests, right? So I'm like, whatever. It's just Ronda's guests and it's like 10 a.m. So I'm like, Ronda's guests are not showing up here for a very long time. You know what I mean? Right. So I'm gonna, yeah. So I'm gonna post up on her couch for a little while on her guest couch. And so I, I go in there and JBL's like, oh, good idea. And he comes in there and me and JBL are just sitting there. <laughs> me and JBL just sit down on the couches and start talking about politics and whatever. And a half hour later, Ronda walks in. Now, my guess is Rhonda was confused because the building is huge and confused her guest room for her room at first. Okay. Because otherwise, I just don't think she would have been there that early. But it doesn't matter. You're in a room with someone else's name on it, and she's now like one of the biggest stars in the company. So we, we <laughs> hopped up and got out, you know? Um, she was, she was, of course, incredibly polite. Uh, but I was like, all right. And I just left. Didn't see her again. Um, until after the, sh- as the show was ending, she was walking down the hallway by herself. I went up to her and I was like, Rhonda. And I, I, I grabbed her. Like I took like her hands. I was like, do you understand what you did tonight? And she was just sitting there like listening. I was like, you were incredible tonight. You won over everybody. I was like, I had my doubts. Everyone had their doubts. We didn't know what to think. You were incredible. This was like a special night. People are going to remember. You won over yeah. the entire crowd. And yeah. it was it was a really nice moment. And she I got to tell you, 
she is, I've said it before in the couple of times I've interacted with her, you could tell someone who's legitimately a sweetheart and down to earth. She was like, just so humbled. And I, I was just blown away by it. I really, and I gotta tell you, I was blown away by Stephanie. Yeah, no, that, that match was really good. Um, definitely exceeded my expectations. I had the bar set <laughs> like really low for that match and they went, far above and beyond and um you know I Yo, said they before. told us the, stephanie told a real story with the arm bar oh yeah you know like her trying not to do everything to make sure that she didn't get get put in that arm bar it was perfect because like she made ronda earn it and i know people were like um you know it's unrealistic that all these pros like she snapped on that arm bar in a second but stephanie is able to fight out of it but it's like yeah the, and the reason why is exactly the reaction that you got at the end of the match when she finally did snap it on is exactly why um, Stephanie had to be that slimy, cowardly heel and get away and do everything she can to escape that armbar. Um, it was crazy. I was uh, props to Triple H and Kurt Angle. I'm sure, obviously, with the experience, they're the people who put that together. Um. They all did an incredible job uh telling that story and I saw a really funny stat about of the ten longest matches in WrestleMania history, Triple H has been in like nine of them. <laughs> I think I saw something like that too. And this is Which one I, of them? No, this was one of them. Uh it was that long a match. This was the longest match of WrestleMania, actually, I think. And I'll tell you what though, I'm fine with it this year. That's how it should have been done. It should have been long. I'm glad it needed the time. Uh, it, it totally changes where Ronda is now. Listen, I'm not saying she's, it's completely solved. Like, that's it. No, of course. There's, there's more work to do. But man, oh man. It's. Yeah. I, it's, I will go so far as to, to say watch. that she shows up in big matches. I'm not going to go so far as to say like, um, week in and week out, she's one of my favorite workers to watch, but. Pay-per-view time, go time. I think she can handle herself very well once the bell rings. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. All right, we got to keep bouncing though. So much stuff. So what was your, um, I, I don't, honestly, here, here's what I think we can skip over. I don't, I see match. I don't think we really need to spend much time on the IC match. It's not disrespect. I just don't think it's needed. You, you touched on the Braun match. Um, Naya and Alexa was was cool. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed like it. Went it. I, on a little bit too long, but I enjoyed the result. I'm happy with the result. Yeah, and I and I still think that um, it did go on a little long, but I think there's some upside to that in terms of like not making a listen. I liked the idea of an Alexa squash, but I also complain because I don't feel like Alexa ever even is allowed to remind us that she can work at all. So on a big stage like WrestleMania, and she's been the champion on and off like all year, you know, it's kind of nice that she doesn't look like total trash. <laughs> right. Like she was she was champion for a long time. I'm guessing she will be champion again. Uh, so I, I don't mind that. And also I really thought she in a few different spots at the end of that match made Nia look like a million bucks. So I enjoyed that. Um Charlotte and Asuka, I was... Shocker. I was shocked Complete by that. shocker. 
Shocked. Afterwards, uh, New, New Orleans is where streaks go to die because, like, I wasn't expecting the Undertaker streak to end, and I was not expecting the Oscar streak to end. Yeah, I don't, I don't get the Oscar one still. I can't tell you guys I understand it even right now. I can't tell you that SmackDown this week made me understand it more. It didn't. I still don't really understand it, but. At the same time, I don't think it's particularly damaging. It's got to end at some point. I would have assumed she made it to get the, getting the title first. Yeah, I, same. Like, I, I feel like, and you know, I'm not going to pretend to know more or be able to do the job better than the writers, but um, for me personally, I would have had Charlotte lose and then work her way back up. Not from the bottom, but just have that seed of self-doubt planted within Charlotte of being like, I can't believe this happened to me. Um, what am I doing? And then have... Well, th- that's a better story. The The better yeah. story is, the better story is she can't beat Asuka and maybe she beats her at SummerSlam. That, that's just a better story. Yeah, that's what I, that's how I would have done it. And, you know, yeah, Charlotte starts doubting herself again because no matter what happens... Asuka isn't all of a sudden, you're not going to start feeling for Asuka. She is, she's a beast. She's going to continue to be a beast. So her being the challenger just doesn't work the same way to me. I like the idea of Charlotte losing it, having to work all summer, and then she eventually ends the streak at SummerSlam. That's a moment. Yeah. That's what I think. Um, so that was, that was shocking, but they also had a really nice match. Um, Hogan Cena. I, I mean Hogan Cena, Taker Cena. <laughs> um, Hogan might be able to work the same level as Taker right now, but t- um, Taker Cena. First of all, I stand. I stood there watching it with Todd Gurley, which was an interesting experience. Um, I I do not understand why that wasn't dead last. Yeah, same. I, still, I don't. I don't get it. Either. I still. I still don't understand why John Cena just gets up and starts running in the middle of the pay per view. No, that that part I didn't mind because um, when the ref came down, I thought it was about to be a money in the bank cash, and I thought Carmella wasn't too far behind. So that that um, little bit of storytelling and that you know misdirection, I didn't mind at all. But, but that's not what happened. No, it's not what happened, and also because it's not what happened, I agree that they should have held uh, Cena versus the Undertaker. Um, for the last thing that the crowd gets before they go home. It just seemed like he should have watched it all night. He should have been sitting there in front the entire pay-per-view. And then when the match, and I, and then when the pay-per-view ended, I feel like it should have been like the pay-per-view ends. Everyone's like, wait, is he really just, and you just see him standing there clapping like it's over. And then all of a sudden the lights go out. And then you you get something that makes up for what was this weird main event, you know? The main event, man, the crowd <laughs> the crowd ruined that main event, man. Cause they didn't give it a chance. I'm not saying it was gonna be a five star classic. I certainly don't think it was better than the WrestleMania thirty one main event that they had, but I do feel like because the crowd crapped all over it. Um, they robbed themselves of being able to enjoy it properly 
because as soon as Brock won and that bell rang, then it was like, oh, you know, everybody all of a sudden was into it, but it's too late. The match is over. And now they have to go back and watch and, you know, evaluate it on a real level when, like, we were all there. We had the opportunity to watch it and take it in without the tantrum, but couldn't get over ourselves. And I'm not saying that to say ourselves to say that I was having a tantrum, too. I was not, but I was a part of that crowd. So, like, we all have to take ownership for that. Yeah, you know, I was at, at that point. I was, um, I was just watching with Tom Phillips, um, who was done uh, for the night because it was a raw match, of course. And we were just sitting there watching it and taking it in. Um, I, I thought it was a weird, interesting match. I still don't understand. I don't necessarily think it's the move to keep going back to the well with this with this match to end WrestleMania. But at the same time, I feel as if people could have enjoyed it. Yeah. You know. Um, and it, and, and like the fact that it was such an awkward, there was an, cause there was a weird energy around it, which is cool. I'm good with weird energy. I'm just not good with you, you know, going into business for yourself, which is essentially what the crowd just did. It was like, and, it just wasn't about the match. And so, so many beach balls. I can't tell you how many times. A beach ball like sailed over my head down to like now, the floor so, area. So on TV, it wasn't all that clear. Um, how many beach because it was on the hard camera about? side. I'm gonna pull it up right now and watch for a minute. Like how how many are we talking about? It was like six. Oh, that's it. Wait, <laughs> it was not, a lot. Not wait, not not in the whole arena, or you mean near you? Six that I saw come over my head and like get tossed around in that section that was right under me. And I know there were some that got thrown around on the other side and like at different parts of the arena, but it was a lot. Greg, how high up were your seats? I was in the 200 level with, uh, with your boy Blue. Uh, but, but. He's not cool, by the way. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I buried him this week. Buried him big time. (laughs) Why? He was cool to me. Blue's a great. He might have deserved it. I don't know, but uh, no, no. Blue's a, Blue's a really nice dude. He does a wrestling podcast. He's a nice guy, and he went down to Mania. He went to NXT, but he didn't have a ticket. We ran into him, and I was like, "Yo, Blue, guess what? I happen to have a ticket for you to WrestleMania." He's like, "What?" I'm like, "Yes, I got you." So you guys took those tickets. Dipperstein ended up uh, going with Shoemaker, right? You know, you know, he's got the mage Andre. The, them Andre producer tickets. The primo, you know the primo seats. So, so he ends up getting to go to WrestleMania. I'm not trying to put myself over, but you know, in terms of if you're a wrestling fan, the ticket hookup for Mania is pretty solid, you know? So I get home a couple days ago, just like two days ago. He sends me an email and is like, Hey, yo, Rosenberg, what's good? You got any hookup on some backlash tickets? <laughs> and you know listen because greg in 2018 i just keep it all the way real I, right. i'm done i'm done you're I'm a star nice. now now you people have to people have to tiptoe around you now no no they don't have to tiptoe but just know i'm not going to tiptoe around them i'm going to tell you <laughs> i'm going to i'm 38 years old and i do not know it all by a long shot 
but I've done okay in in the world and and in and in business. So I'm gonna just give people some gems. I was like, yo, and I think I I think you'll absolutely respect this. I said, Blue, you're my guy. You might want to go ahead and send me one solid thank you, and maybe yeah. even wait. And then maybe even wait before asking for anything else again after you just got the WrestleMania ticket. Yeah. No, thank and was, you. And he was like, my bad. I thought I sent you an email. I'm like, you didn't. <laughs> Ooh. Maybe There's I should have no, took a- that. Maybe I should have took that floor. See, I didn't know he was going to do you like that, P. No, no, no. Please don't start <laughs> burying him. Blue's a good guy. But sometimes people just get geeked up and i'm like whoa 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 before you go asking for backlash can we celebrate the mania ticket you stumbled into let's celebrate that one <laughs> um all right sorry we've taken too long too much of a, a detour here um I, I just threw on the main event right here so i can kind of watch it again and try to capture some of the energy and see if i can see the beach balls um and now wh- do while you, you do that i want to point out too that the crazy thing about the beach balls too is like you say weird energy, but I'm going to go ahead and also say like weird timing because, um, you know, stuff would be happening in the ring and then like just you watch at home and you don't realize this is happening. But um, like the crowd will pop at the right time and like boo at the right time, which is, you know, when Brock is getting offense, they will pop. And when Roman's getting offense, they boo. But. They're not popping for Roman or Brock at all. This is all beach ball related. Like a beach ball would drop in from above for the people on the floor and they would pop. And it would just so happen to coincide with Brock Lesnar getting in some offense and then security would grab it and they would boo. And so like, I don't know how it came across on TV, but like that added a whole other layer of weirdness to it. That was kind of funny now that you think about it um, because the guys in the ring Probably had no clue that this was what was going on, but, you know, still annoying. I'll tell you one thing. I love the bump Brock just took from the clothesline from Roman to knock him out of the ring. I think it was like a head first bump that he took. Um, okay, so then, of course, there's a story. I'm sure you've all heard by now a story about Brock reportedly getting into it with Vince McMahon afterwards and throwing the title at him. I, I don't fully believe this story. Do you? I don't, I don't either. I don't see why he would be upset with Vince if he's upset at all. And people are saying like Shane jumped in it and like Heyman walked out with it. You're telling me that if in real life, in real life, if Brock went off the hinges yelling at Vince McMahon, you're telling me in real life, Paul Heyman is walking off with Brock Lesnar? <laughs> he's well, an I'm advocate, just- yo. He's following the money. Well, listen, was, it all worked, it all worked out. I mean, obviously it worked out well enough that we are getting, we are getting the match in Saudi Arabia in what likely will be a much better venue, a non beach ball bouncing venue. Yeah. A much where, more respectful, respectful crowd where Roman, Roman will likely get the win finally over Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Uh, and, and you which, guys know I'm not, I'm not stack guy Greg. But at this point, I am all about Roman taking the title off Brock. I'm Yo, just that belt has it. to come home. It has to come home, man. Like, it's not a belt. Do it's more, a title. More months of this with Brock Lesnar. I'm just over it, frankly. I'm just over it. Um, we just need something. We just need something new. There's a lot of people on this roster who could be in this picture. 
Um, Samoa Joe is healthy again, although he's now on SmackDown. We'll get to that. So AJ Styles, Nakamura. I think we'd be lying if we'd said that the, the, it wasn't a disappointment. I, I don't know if a lot of people have been saying that. And I don't, and I'm not saying it's the fault of the two of them. It may have been placement on the card. It may have been hype. It may have been fatigue from the crowd. But don't you think when it's all said and done, that supposed dream match was a bit of a disappointment? I do. I do think it was a disappointment. Um, I'm, I'm less disappointed knowing that that's not where the story ends and knowing that because like Brock and Roman, right? Um, if Roman would have won the title, you know, the story ends and then people are free to move on. He didn't, but, and they're going to run that story back, but it's more of the same with AJ and Nakamura. Um, AJ also retained, but Nakamura turned heel. So now that gives them a chance to, to do more with it. And, um, WrestleMania is not usually the place where you start a story like that. It's usually a place where you finish a story, but, um, I'm willing to be more forgiving just because I know that I don't know what's going to happen here. Um, I but couldn't agree with you more. The, 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 the reason we got it wrong is because we all acted as if AJ and Nakamura was the culmination of a story. It was the beginning of a story. Yeah, and we didn't see that. For the record, I'm just watching that bump. Do you remember? Do you remember the suplex to to Roman outside the um, ring at 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 Mania when he landed on his shoulder and it looked like there's just no way he didn't separate his shoulder. No, I don't remember that. I remember a yep. bump he took from the out um outside the ring that looked like he might have been concussed. But apparently he was fine. He finished the match with no problems. Yeah, no, it's just if if you guys go back and watch he um Brock hits him with the suplex and he basically tossed him kind of sideways and Roman just flies through the air and lands squarely on his shoulder. And ever since I, ever since I separated my shoulder, Greg, in that fateful, uh, softball game. Yeah, mother coward Mike Woods is. I always, yeah, that coward, supposed <laughs> weatherman Mike Woods. I cringe. You don't need to be like he, that to, to, to do the weather. Facts. You don't need to be built like Roman Reigns to do weather. No. Um, ever since that happened though, I realized, like whenever anyone lands on their shoulder squarely, I cringe. Fortunately, Roman has slightly more muscle than I do around his shoulder, so it turns out he was fine. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what, this, I just the spear, oh, the spear over the announce table looked pretty good from Roman. Yeah. Anyways, so AJ Nakamura, it's the beginning of their story. It's not the end. So while it was a little disappointing to me, it was all worthwhile when when Nakamura turned. I, I personally, I don't know how you guys feel. I would not have been okay with both Nakamura and Asuka losing and just, like, paying respect to Charlotte yeah. and AJ. Agreed. I couldn't, couldn't Agreed. have dealt with it. But after, it, after, after Nakamura turned, I was fine. Yeah. Nakamura turning made it all worth it because, like, like when he grabbed the title and got on one knee... I remember thinking to myself, and I might have said this too, like, not this BS again. And then AJ got close, and I'm like, 
you know, it clicked that like, do you know the Japanese? They bow. They don't kneel. So what's he doing on his knee? And then Blue goes low blow. I'm like low blow. And then he hits him with the low blow, and that made it worth it because, like you said, I, for them to both bow down at WrestleMania, it, it would have been. It, it just would not have sent the right message subliminally. It just would not have been good at all. But all's well that ends well. And now I'm excited to see what happens with them. Jinder Mahal retains. Uh, I mean, goes and gets back the U.S. Championship, but now doesn't have that anymore. We can talk about that. Um, <laughs> uh, the women's battle royal before the match, I enjoyed. I really enjoyed the Sasha Bailey spot at the end of that, and enjoyed Naomi. Um, I thought it, it it put a few people in a good light, especially the NXT girls. Um, some of which are now on the roster, but. Greg, we gotta jump ahead now. Obviously, as the weeks go on, we'll end up going back to some WrestleMania things, but we can't squeeze it all into one episode. So, the superstar shakeup. Um, I don't know how you guys feel. Rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. You can reach out and give me your thoughts, but this is the second year that they've just done this shakeup where there's like no sort of rhyme or reason whatsoever. And it really irritates me. Um, um I like the idea of it. I don't like the execution. I feel like it's better suited for the Monday after WrestleMania instead of the next week. And I say that because they, you know, they called up um, some NXT talent for WrestleMania Monday and WrestleMania Tuesday. And then we're like, oh, but could they be on the other brand next week? And it's like, no, the next week came, you shook everybody else up and the new talent stayed right where they were. So why not? bring up the new talent and have the superstar shakeup be a part of this thing that you do um after WrestleMania you know have that be you know the wind down from WrestleMania weekend Yeah, I'm with you. I I think that's a good idea. The idea that it's instantly the shakeup is the next 2 days. I think that's a great idea. I also just wish they gave a little rhyme or reason. I we I don't want to get into every single one. Um you know, I, it annoys me that Jinder just came over and loses clean on the first episode. It's like, what can your hopes be for Jinder? Like, are we going to get back to um, 3MB? I mean, he lost clean. Let's be honest. He lost clean to a legend, but an old, broken down, much smaller legend. And, how is that? How is that different from when he was trading title with Randy Orton? How well, Randy Orton though is like Randy Orton's a seri- is always taken seriously as a heavyweight contender. Jeff okay. Hardy had one run like that with Randy Orton, but like Jeff Hardy isn't is is generally thought of as a guy who's U.S. title, IC title. He's a he's the definition of you know he's a he, of a middleweight. That's who Jeff Hardy is. And I don't know. Listen, funny you should say that too, though, because like um, Jeff Hardy, they they mentioned him being a Grand Slam champion, but he also held you know the European Championship, Hardcore Championship, and the Light Heavyweight Championship. Oh, he's done it all. Yeah, he's the only person that held that combination of titles. (laughs) So, like you said, people think of him as a a middleweight. It's true. He had he had the belt to prove it. Yeah, no, he's not at all. It's called the title. Not, it's not about the title. Um, 
it was again the gender thing was one small example of which there were a whole bunch that felt like they were thought of on the fly. I feel the exact same way about Samoa Joe. Because now Samoa Joe, now Samoa Joe is in an IC title match at the Greatest Royal Rumble and a match against Roman Reigns at Backlash. And yet he's on SmackDown. Yeah. Doesn't make sense to me either, P. It really doesn't. Maybe not. I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong, but some of them just seem like people were like, oh yeah, this is an idea. Let's do it. Um, so listen, I love, I love how stacked both shows are, particularly SmackDown now. Yes. Let's, SmackDown won the shakeup, right? We can be honest about that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, SmackDown gets, SmackDown gets Mandy Rose and so, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, um, Samoa Joe, Jeff Hardy, Cien Almas, um, Sanity. Which by, which by the way, that was the one that annoyed me the most. How can you bring up someone as Mage, as Andrade? Yeah. And it, it's just an announcement with a graphic. I, I, I just don't, I'm sorry. How? How? I haven't talked yeah, no. to he should have, his, his music should have hit. His music should have hit. Like how? I just don't get it. He has a mage theme. He has a mage manager. Congratulations, by the way, to Thea Trinidad. Sorry, K-Fabe only. Zelina Vega. Very excited for her. <laughs> Smackdown. But, I do not understand how that's possible. I don't know. I felt like Andrade was a big enough move. Um, you know, Sanity, maybe I can live. How did they do? Did they do Sanity? Sanity didn't come out either, right? It was just announced, correct? <laughs> Sanity also got a video package. And um, that's causing a bit of an uproar too because Sanity is coming up without Nikki Cross apparently. And so people, myself included, are not really feeling that. Well, I wonder if the logic is not a diss to Nikki Cross, but just they feel she'd get lost, so you got to build her more as a singles act and then bring her up to join the women's division. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, she she has no choice but to compete against the women alone. Like, So I don't see how... You know, I don't see that logic. Um, and she's clearly part of the group. Clearly. Um, Yo, did we get, did we, uh, did Elias not go to SmackDown? Elias stayed on Roth. I, I, I was sure Elias was going to SmackDown. Yeah, I was sure Finn was going to go to the blue brand as well, but, um. I just thought with well, Elias, you get the opportunity if he goes, um, to kind of start over again with him. Not that there's anything wrong with Elias, but Elias is so mage. And if he went over there, I feel like you could almost instantly get him in the world title picture and, and make him as big as he could be. Like take him seriously now. I just feel like he doesn't really have that situation currently. And I feel like he could have had that. Um, but- had he went over to the blue. So Bear agrees. <laughs> What'd you say? I said Bear Bear agrees with you. Yeah, no, Bear feels very strongly about it. 
Oh, well, listen, Greg, um, any concerns about the black power rankings? Is there any part of you that got nervous just seeing our truth anywhere near the new day? <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't sure what was going to happen there. Um, the segment turned out to be sort of entertaining, but, um, well, yeah, I just I popped, about I just popped because, popped up. I, me too. I mean, I saw him at, at, at Mania, but I just popped because they were like, oh my gosh, the immortal R-Truth. Yeah, the immortal one. That's what Biggie said. And I was like, oh no. And uh, that was, I love, that was pretty funny that they called yeah. him the immortal one. They gave it just enough time for me to just be like, no. <laughs> Which I hope, yeah, I th- you know, you would think was everybody's collective thought, like, no, this can't be happening. Uh, well, listen, Greg, I would be, I don't know this from anywhere. I'm just telling you my feeling. I would, I would start getting mentally prepared for the actual immortal one. I mean, listen, are you telling me? That they are doing, they are doing things to make Saudi Arabia mage in a way that like we can't even comprehend. Right. So what would you put the odds at, at Hogan showing up in Saudi Arabia? Hopefully zero, but like it's gotta be 50 50, right? Like it has to I'd be. say, I'd say it's at least 50 50. Yeah, I, I think so. That Hogan. That Hogan makes an appearance at in Saudi Arabia. I mean, here's what you could be looking at in Saudi Arabia. Obviously, you're getting an Undertaker match, which started off Undertaker Rusev, then it was Undertaker Jericho, now it's Undertaker Rusev again. So you'll have Undertaker in a casket match. You'll have a big IC title match. Um, you'll have a a big um, tag title. Universal. Uh, you, you'll have the Universal Championship rematch, which will probably change hands. You'll have the vacated Raw tag titles, which, by the way, the 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 two things that annoyed me the most, and I'm sorry, I'm not being negative, by the way, guys. I I loved Mania. I still, I really did. Like, I still, I I've practically watched the whole thing again since I got home. I really loved it. Um, but it's been a couple weeks, and a lot of stuff has happened, and a lot of stuff has felt rushed to me. So. I have a lot to to get off my mind. Um, the two laziest things that happened the Monday after Raw were the titles just being handed over. Um, I, I do not understand why uh, him, Braun and Nicholas just vacate the titles. Like, why do this whole thing to just vacate yeah. them the next day? I would have um, preferred. Get- um, I would preferred Braun. Like, I can understand that Nicholas can't tour with them. Like, he just can't. But I would have preferred that Braun um, keep both titles and just, like, if he has to, pick a different kid every night to be his tag team partner. Yeah, that, that's what that's what, Andrew, that's what Andrew Goldstein felt as well, um, that the move would be, you know, every time, every week, he just he, – it's like JYD. He picks a new yep. kid. Um, so I, I found that disappointing that it didn't go that way. Um, and then also, listen, I get it. P- 
Paul Ellering probably did not feel like going on the road with AOP. <laughs> you you hated this. So I'm guessing he was done. But like really the breakup with AOP is just it's just having them push him away. That was, <laughs> like they couldn't have even done a back they couldn't have even done a segment backstage. Oh man, wouldn't that have been more disrespectful though? Like they do something backstage. I think they did do something afterwards too, of where like he confronted them and they were just like, "We don't need you," and they left them standing there again. Yeah, I um, I just didn't get that. Like, just give me a little segment to make it make sense. Also, can I just say, I, I guess they really had to like unload some people. Does it feel like I know this is really nitpicking? But does it feel like almost too much NXT talent came up in the last couple weeks? Um, no, I wouldn't say that at all because um, that's what that's the purpose of NXT, right? Every every once in a while, um, they do a purge, and I feel like the right NXT talent came up this week. We got um, AOP, we got the Iconics, formerly the Iconic Duo, we got Andrade, and we got Sanity, and I can't think of anybody else that. You know, people obviously want Alistair Black. Oh, we got Drew McIntyre too. And um, yep. these are the talents that people wanted. So at the end of the day, people got what they wanted and they didn't have to wait around a little bit more for people to pop up from NXT. You know what? I mean, I, I guess you're right. That is the purpose, right? It just felt like, I don't know. I guess we had to do it all in one week. It just felt like it was almost so much that when you get to the point where Cien Almas, who's as big as he is, is just announced as like, guess who's joining the show? To me, that <laughs> by means... By the way. And yeah, by the way, oh, Sanity's coming. To me, that means we didn't plan it all. We didn't. We weren't quite ready. Like, I, the Iconics came in, and they already have a thing. Like, the Iconics came in fully developed. I mean, it's interesting. And by the way, I believe that they, like Elias as Triple H... Uh, alluded to when he was on the show the iconics is going to translate better main roster than they did in nxt do you believe that yeah yeah i I do i do and they did all right in nxt but i feel like they haven't they haven't peaked yet and we're going to see that with everybody else on smackdown so yeah i'm just saying like if you're going to do it maybe you don't have to do it all the first week maybe you can set up this is supposed to be the setup for stories for the rest of the like to set up a new year so maybe there's a way to do that um, without, like, just kind of forcing it all in immediately. That's just – that's my only thought. SGG, um, right about this time, we always do this every week. It's called the Black Power Ranking. Well, SGG, it's been, it's been a special couple of weeks and we've been off, so you better come correct with them Black Power Rankings. Oh, yeah. Um, honorable mentions goes to – all the new Hall of Famers that we got this this past WrestleMania, Mark Henry, um, Devon Dudley, and JJ, as well as Bobby Lashley, who returned, and your boy Blue, who I enjoyed his company. Is, what, no, no. A blue does not make the Black Power Rankings, bro. So does, does Kaz make the Black Power Rankings? Um, No. No, not yet. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if he ever will, because I don't know if that's... I don't know if it... The secret's out. This is his only chance, and it's just an honorable mention. Um, 
I think you should try to keep it to professional wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> not just people you're friends with. In a like, number five. Like, bro, I, I, listen, I'm, I'm such a big proponent of the black power rankings. I just don't know if it's as simple as random black people you meet. Like, I just feel. How much, yeah, you're a proponent of the rankings, but how much power? How much power? I feel. The black and the rankings you're fine with is how much power? I, I'm, I'm for them having some substantial power. <laughs> okay. Alright. In at number five, we got Ember Moon. Um, yes. Who also came up from NXT. We forgot to mention her when we were talking about all the mage people that people wanted to see getting called up. Um, Nia Jax called her up. And this is after she had a, a nice match with Shayna Baszler where she passed the torch and the title. And NXT is going to go on to the next chapter. Um, in at number four, Shelton Benjamin, who also is on a new chapter. He cut, he cut the dead weight, uh, according to him, sent Chab Gable over to Raw, and now he's gonna embark on the singles career, and, um, hopefully be the Shenton Benjamin that we know and love over on SmackDown. Um, and then number three, Naomi, winner of the first ever Women's Battle Royal. Uh, she yep. got another WrestleMania moment, and then had the moment of the week, um, the black moment of the week on, uh, SmackDown this week when she ran down to save her husband, um, from the Bludgeon Brothers. Top-notch acting from Naomi this week on SmackDown. Um, and at number two, Aleister Black, the new NXT champion, really enjoyed his match with uh, CN, really enjoyed the finish. I thought he was going to come in at number one um, based on that, but then Mania happened. And uh, in at number one, we have Cedric Alexander, who put on um, a really great, cruiserweight title match with mustafa ali on the pre-show oh yeah uh, oh yeah i was worried about it being on the pre-show but they they got a crowd and the crowd gave them the respect that they deserved and they delivered and they performed really really well and uh cedric alexander in winning that championship be- became the first black male to win a title at wrestlemania um naomi last year was the first black person to win a title at wrestlemania so for for the quality of the match and uh, for winning the match and for winning a title and making history, black history, Cedric Alexander is number one on this week's Black Power Rankings. Well said, SGG. Um, there is still a lot more to talk about, and I know I'm going to be very annoyed when we finish that there's like 30 other things that I remember that we never got to mention. But it is the nature of the beast right now, given the week that I'm having. But hopefully I will... At some point, get used to this whole thing, um, and my schedule will normalize somewhat, and we'll be back on a normal schedule. But for right now, you can always hit me up, RosenbergBeats at gmail.com for all of our Peckerhead friends. Thank you to everyone again for holding us down, and please go watch that open late tonight, youtube.com slash complex. SGG, I'd like to say to you and yours... And to everyone you know and that I know, do me a favor and stay mage. Oh, yeah. Oh, and RIP Bruno. <laughs>